guys. God Stories here. I think this is number 69. I uh, hope you're doing well. We've got all of our uh, students with us here at the, the church. Uh, we decided to start doing them at the church for this month at 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, everybody's up, ready to go. Uh, this weekend we had our boot camp, as you would call it, um, up in the mountains. And uh, it was pretty good. I think we all every one of us got delivered of something we had some type of bug going on and all the bugs came out so i figured as good as it was this weekend i was even thinking we could just call off the whole school and uh just go home because uh it was that powerful but uh we probably have a few more manifestations to go until we get completely delivered and uh and get free and learn how to love each other but we did pretty good this weekend uh, even this weekend, we had a, one particular guy that would come every now and then to the door and knock on the door, and uh, it was pretty weird. And uh, it delivered us, uh, some of us of things that were good and some things that were bad. Some of us had compassion on him. Some of us had discernment. Uh, and then the, the, it was so funny, the, the ladies got out to go walking, and uh, when they went walking, he was cussing them out. So they all came in later on and thought, well, we'll just leave him out there. Uh, but it was fun. I want to talk about uh, something that came to me last night uh, about moving forward. And uh, there are some things that have happened in my life that have moved me forward, uh, not in a, I didn't actually do it the the right way or the good way, but somehow I've been able to uh, move forward uh, from the grace of God in my life. Uh, of course, we all know that when God calls us to do something, uh, we don't necessarily pass. He grades us on the curve, right? And uh, one particular story that came to me uh, was when I had to move. And uh, and I've moved in, in this particular two stories. Uh, it had a lot to do with faith and believing in God's voice instead of my voice of reasoning. And uh, a lot of times, you know, when you move forward, you have to leave things that are behind that may be even good, uh, may be bad. Some of us forward when things are bad. But uh, one of the hardest things to move, uh, to move forward is when everything is going good or when we think we're in God's plan and, you know, things are thriving, things are fruitful. And then God comes along and just says, hey, it's time to go. And uh, a lot of times we will kind of slough that off and say that can't be the Lord because, you know, we're in the will of God. We're being fruitful, everything. It's snowing God, you know. And uh, we will miss our next stage of that place where God's wanting to move us. And most of the time, your movements do come when things are good. Uh, a lot of times they, when things are bad, movements are very easy. But uh, when you have to move with God, most of the time you have to die to something in order to get into that next place. It's kind of like you, in order to dwell in heaven, you've got to constantly be dying daily. And uh, most of us don't like that. Most, most of us want our days to be just perfectly fine. Well, if, you're, if you want a day that to be perfectly fine, then you won't see yourself transitioning from glory to glory. Because there, there's always a death into entering into heaven. Uh, even this morning, I woke up 
with my grumpy self, didn't want to actually do what I'm doing this morning as I'm sitting here right now. But you have to decide, uh, am I going to live with God or am I going to live with myself? And I've learned that living with myself is not too fun. And uh, <clears throat> these two particular stories uh, has a lot to do with leaving something that is really good and going into something that I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, one particular story, uh, when things were going really well in my life, uh, I was working for a dealership. Uh, I was the general manager of a car dealership with exotic cars and so forth. And we had gotten the, the business up to making a lot of money uh, during the first two years. And if you guys can remember the, the God story last year, uh, God had sent me there and I had no idea why I was there because, you know, I, I never sold cars, didn't know a whole lot about exotic cars. And uh, God's in, God ends up making me the general manager within two weeks and uh, kind of scared my off. And I put them back on and started doing the general manager thing. And uh, after about two years, everything was going great. You know, uh, God was always in the dealership. We had he, we had the right people. We had the right salesmen. Uh, man, there was people uh, coming to the Lord on, on the car lot. Uh, the power of God would show up. And just one day, uh, I got up that morning, went to work had a normal day and I was walking through the dealership and uh, I heard the voice of God say, it's time to go. And uh, I stopped in my tracks and I thought, uh, I'm not sure if that was the Lord. And anytime, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but when God sometimes speaks in your perfect life and it says time and he says times to go, uh, you uh, you get a little bit of acid reflux in your stomach because uh, I thought this can't be the Lord. And normally, normally with me, if my brain says this can't be the Lord, that means it's the Lord. And uh, I walked that thing out. I thought about that thing for about two days. I, I couldn't sleep all that much. I was wondering, what am I going to do? You know, I wonder if he's telling me to go, what kind of job am I going to have? You know, what kind of resource, you know, have I actually done in, to help me in the future? Do I have any friends that I can connect with? I mean, you know, your brain starts wondering uh, and trying to plan God's future for your life. And uh, and honestly, I didn't have anybody that I was could think about that would actually catch me when I would, you know, leave this dealership. And... Uh, I eventually got to the point where I'd rather have God in a place of a wilderness and not knowing than to have security there at the dealership. Because I know if I, I knew if I stayed there at the dealership, we would thrive and things would be great, but I would you know, miss this next phase of my life with God. And I didn't want to do that. I'd, mu I'd much rather go with God than to, you know, have a lot of stuff good good stuff in my life it's kind of like you know what would profit a man if he had you know end up having the whole world at his fingertips but lose his own soul i'd much rather have god than the good stuff and uh i decided uh to move and so i 
went into my boss's um, office and uh, I said, Ron, it's time for me to go. And of course, he did pretty much the same thing that I did to the Lord. He looked at me and turned white and he said, well, let's talk about this. You know, is it is it something I've done? Do you need more money? We can give you a, you know, a raise. I can give you a raise. Of course, all of it was kind of thrown at my feet, and boy, that your your brain really starts thinking, man, that's a good price. You know, I could really flourish for the rest of my life. If, you know, if I was making that type of salary. And so, as I as I was deciding to move, I get more good stuff thrown at my life to make it think that I need to stay there and it's the Lord. And I don't know how many times I've dealt with mainly uh, leaders that uh, I try to help them in their, their change and they know that it's time to move forward, but their church or their life or their business is doing, going really great and they've got it all together. And uh, they have time and time again have fought me to try to say, hey, we're doing really good. Maybe we can do this this next transition next year. And by next year comes around, uh, they're a wilderness. And you can't really help them. You have to let them die out and then catch them, you know, raise them up after they die out. Be there when they die. And that's kind of tough to see that happen. But uh, this was not going to happen on my watch. I was not going to stay there uh, and die in a place of goodness. Because we can die in our life and things be great. It's like the things of this world that throw at you. It's kind of like anesthesia. It can put you to sleep to real, and you not realize that you're dying and you're away from the Lord. And uh, we, I was determined not to have things good. I was, to have, I was determined to have all of God's stuff in my life, even if it cost me my life. And... Uh, this guy, you know, gave me all these good things on the table and wanted me to stay. And I said, man, I, you know how much I love you and I can't stay here. And we fought, you know, back and forth and he got mad for a minute, you know, and I understood it. And so I just let him get mad and, and then he calmed down and cried. And then I started crying and he, and then he said, can you pray for me? Cause I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle this because I was leaving. And uh, we had built that uh, dealership up together with God, and he knew it. But it was time for me to go. And I gave him my two weeks of notice. And, man, during those two weeks, there were so many temptations to stay and to change my mind. And I know that we've all been there, you know, because things were going really great. And, and I, during those two weeks, I was trying to reason where I'm going. And uh, the Lord told me, he said, you're going out like Abraham, not knowing. And uh, man, not knowing is very tormentive to the carnal mind because uh, we it wants to know where it's going so that it can figure out its plan. And a lot of it has to do with fear. You know, if you're a lot of times in our life, if we're reasoning things out, that means you're in place of fear. And... Uh, and I could feel it. I could feel it trying to figure out where I'm going. And I had not a clue. And after two weeks, I walked out of that dealership with tears in my eyes and the, the owner just standing there at the door. Man. 
I'd forgotten about how much I cared for that man. Because uh, later on in life, he died of cancer. And uh, he was a, a really good friend. Sorry. Uh, but I, I had to walk out on him. And, uh, and I was, it really hurt me. But I knew I had to pull away from all that. Even though I had major compassion flowing, I knew I had to go with Jesus. Uh, and I know, I know my Jesus. He doesn't have pity. He, pity is probably one of the greatest stumbling blocks you can have on the path of life. And uh, I was determined I was going to go where God told me to go. And I walked out. And the strangest thing is that two weeks later, I get a call from a good friend of mine. This is two weeks after I walked out that uh, painted bumpers uh, for uh, our dealership. He would repair scratches and so forth. And he said, you're not going to believe this. What's going on? I'm in the back of the dealership. And uh, there's, there's all these black cars uh, in the dealership. And they've got blue lights on their dash. And they've come to a arrest uh, the owner. And I thought, what in the world's going on? Well, long story short, even the day that I was leaving, there was uh, uh, two guys that were in uh, that came on the on the at the dealership, and they were wanting to look at two cars, and I couldn't help them because it was time for me to go. And Ron was saying goodbye to me, and uh, he ended up taking them in, and they ended up buying two cars, but they brought in cash. And uh, they end up paying for these exotic cars in cash. And it was actually kind of a setup by the IRS. And uh, they end up uh, wanting to charge Ron with money laundering. And all of that went down. There was news on it. There was, there was it really scarred his name. Uh, it would have really scarred my name even in that town. And it lasted for a, over a year. And it really hurt the dealership. And before you know it, though, later on, Ron ended up getting out of that and getting his name back. But there was major turmoil for him for the next two years. And of course, all of us know if you've ever been in trouble and have been snookered by the government at times, not, not saying that our government's bad, but sometimes things just don't work out and things are done wrongly. Uh, with certain people because Ron was doing really well and of course it was like the enemy to try to bring him down and to ruin his name but the good thing about this man Ron is that he he kept his cool and really trusted God and he had, even ended up calling me uh, on the phone later to really pray for him because of and he explained of what happened and the only thing that happened was he, he didn't right away uh in the bank and report reported that next week but of course with there being a sting you know uh they wanted to bring him down almost immediately but he kept his cool kept it his, his integrity and uh and a lot of people even in the in the town end up uh standing by but still i look back 
at that thing and I thought, man, the Lord was not only taking me to another level, but he was also trying to save my life and save me from having to go through that. So you never know uh, when God is calling you out. Yes, it, it might be good things, but he could be actually, you know, saving your life. And uh, in this point, in this particular story, end up saving my life and keeping my reputation like my reputation's any good anyway. But, uh, after I left and went on to, I ended up actually painting cars and, uh, repairing cars for like a few years with my friend Devin. And he's one of my best friends, uh, up in Charlotte. He's one of those friends that, you know, you can call up at any time. And if he, you know, if you're, if they, you need them, they'll be there. And I end up working for him for a good while. And again, after a few years, uh, here I am living, still living in Charlotte. Um, the Lord, as I walked out to, pl to plant this tree, it was the strangest thing. We kept this tree and I have no idea why we did this, but we kept a tree, a little small tree in a pot and it just kept growing, you know, and kept growing and it got to the point where we're eventually going to have to plant this thing. And, uh, cause we kept buying bigger pots. And, uh, when it was time to really plant it, the pot was, you know, just huge. And I drug that tree out to the, the front yard where I wanted to plant it. And as I put the shovel in the ground, guess what the Lord says? Now my life's going good again. Uh, I'm in, I'm, I'm starting to do ministry, uh, while I'm working and man, God's really moving. Hallelujah. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you what, when I put my shovel, that shovel in the ground and I, and I pulled up the dirt, the Lord says, it's time to go. He said, put the for sale sign in the front yard. And I about threw up a demon. I mean, it was the most, I can't tell you, I, because I, one thing you'd have to know is I coveted that tree because that tree was a really nice tree. We kept it, we kept it in the, in the pot. We took care of it. And, uh, and I, and when I, the reason I was going to put it out in the front yard is because I felt like we were going to be staying there the rest of our life. Y'all ever done that? Yeah. And, uh, and the rest of my life came to an end that day. And, uh, when he said, put the for sale sign in your front yard, I threw up my demon and then planted the tree. I almost put the tree back in the pot to take it with me <laughs> because I love that tree and uh put that tree in the ground and uh i said we've got to move and of course my family went to a full-blown panic and it was like demons in the house for a little bit uh, because we were all getting delivered everything was going great now it's like we shot out of heaven like satan uh, and now we're on the earthly mode uh screaming our head off and so uh I went to, I think it was Lowe's or Home Depot and bought a for sale sign by owner, you know, and I thought if I can do it that way, the house won't sell. <laughs> and <laughs> so I stuck the for sale sign, uh, you know, for by owner in the front yard and, uh, I went and saw Bob, Bob Jones. And I, I wasn't going to go to see Bob Jones just, you know, because of what was going on. We had already planned on to go see Bob and just hang out with him. And uh, as soon as I walked into his house, he said, yep, 
as soon as you put the for sale sign in your front yard, God will tell you where to go. And I thought, yeah, right. You know, you know, it didn't make me happy, even though he's being wonderfully prophetic. I'm still manifesting wonderful <laughs> demons. And, uh, and I said, where am I going? He goes, I don't know. You're going out like Abraham. I said, that's exactly what the Lord told me when I left the business. He goes, yep. And, and I said, well, can I start a business? Is there any way I can just kind of keep this business going so I can supply for my family? He goes, well, if you did that, you wouldn't be living by faith. And man, I wanted to slap him. And uh, I said, well, why is God doing this to me? He said, well, those that really truly want to follow God, you have to live by faith and not by sight. And that means you have to listen to his voice, not your reasoning. And man, he was so true. Uh, if, you, if you don't listen to the Lord's voice, you'll find yourself in poverty. Uh, even Now, I'm not talking about just financial poverty. You can have the, all the finances you want, but you can be in major poverty. You can be miserable all your life. And I just wasn't going to have that. I was going to keep the voice of God going on in my life. And the way to stop up the voice of God is to be rebellious or disobedient. And what happens is you stop hearing him, not because he's not there. It's just you've chosen to walk another way and listen to reasoning voices instead of the voice of the Lord, which is basically the truth. And uh, I just wasn't going to do that. And so after we, you know, spent some time with Bob, we go back home and, uh, this lady, now we got, yeah, you got to understand, we were living on a cul-de-sac. You know, nobody's supposed to be going down that road. You know, it's not a through road. And uh, we live at the very end of this cul-de-sac. And just so happened, a lady drives through our neighborhood and comes to the dead end and sees the sign. And she calls us and says, can I come and see your house? And I, and the first thing I asked her was, how did you find it? Because I really didn't want her to find it. And she, she said, well, I was driving down your road. I said, you was driving down my road. I'm at a dead end. And she goes, yeah, I went through the roundabout there and, and saw the for sale sign. And I, I wanted to see your house. So I took a deep breath. I said, sure, you can, <laughs> you can come see our house. And so she came to see our house. And she walked in. And she said, oh, my gosh, this is exactly how I envision decorating the house. Is there any way you can keep the, can you keep this stuff here? I'd like to even, oh my Lord, <laughs> it was awful. I mean, and it was like the Lord was going to move me no matter what. And so basically, if you really think about it, we decorated our house for this lady, you know, and if you think about that too long, you'll really manifest. And so, I said, we said, well, yes, I guess so. You can, you know, keep the decorations and as we bit our tongues and, uh, and within a week we already, we had papers signed, you know, uh, she bought the house and gave us like 30 days to, you know, move everything out. And of course I had no idea where I was going. And, uh, so we we're going to move out and not know where we're going. So. Uh, we have about 30 days and then someone calls us and says, uh, uh, has God spoken to you about anything about up to Moravian Falls? 
And I said, no, but uh, I think I'm open to it. And, uh, and I knew it was the Lord because uh, the, Lord, the Lord had really been having us, having us go up there and pray on the weekends, but I didn't know I was going there, had no clue. But when we got the call, we knew that the Lord was trying to hint to where we're going. The strangest part about that is when uh, we went up there, the man that, was, that had a house up there, he said, uh, he said, I feel like the Lord has told me to give you a place to stay. And so, man, we was all excited, you know. And so he, I said, man, that's the Lord, right? you know. I, we didn't know where we were going. So he takes us up on this mountain, and we drive up to this trailer that's got horns on the top of the door, deer horns, matter of fact, and they're not trophies. They're like little nubs, you know, and they're rotten. And uh, he just bought this trailer, and the screen door is ripped, you know, and you know, you know how it goes. You got a few things in the yard, and and uh, and I'm thinking, uh, man, this is really the Lord, you know. And I'm just having to eat my own crow and stay quiet. And so we walk in, and uh, you can imagine what that house was like. And so I was thinking, there's going to be a rat to carry us out of here in just a minute. And, he said, I really think this is your place. And and I, he said, you feel like it's the Lord to be up here? And, I, and he didn't say this house. He said, be up here. And I went, oh, yes, hallelujah, yeah, it's the Lord. And uh, he said, well, you can, you're free to stay here at any time. You know, this is your place. And thank God his wife had some discernment. And she said, uh, you are not going to put this family in this trailer. And I about passed out. My whole family about passed out. Matter of fact, because my boys were kind of looking at me like, are you serious? And uh, she says, you're going to put them in the cabin down by the creek. And, of course, he just kind of woke up and said, okay. So we ended up moving up there and uh, staying in this house that uh, where the Lord really blessed us. I mean, we ended up having some major things happen to us while we were up there in that cabin, not counting, becoming really good friends with some really good people up there. But I was tested the whole time, you know, going up to Moravian Falls, you know, a lot of people think that that would have been great, you know, because a lot of people have heard about that land, but uh, the way the Lord used it with us, it didn't look too good. And uh, we had to pass those tests. We had to be willing to stay wherever he wanted to put us. If we were going to have to stay in a tent, we were going to go where he, you know, wanted us to be. And of course, living in this westernized culture, you know, that's not the Lord. You know, if, you know, wherever the vision is, their provision, uh, well, say that to the Lord when he got drug out to the t uh, wilderness for temptation. You know, his true provision was his father, not physical provision. You know, he had to eat bread from heaven, not bread that was earthly. And uh, we've got to follow the Lord wherever he wants to go. Uh, besides, your freedom is not being content and satisfied. Your freedom is having God in your life. And that's really what satisfies our true heart. And uh, I wanted to read a couple of scriptures that came to us, came to me while I was uh reading this because a lot of things happen after this that I can look back and learn. Uh, 
uh, I've read about Abraham not going out, not knowing where he's going. And then he gets separate. Then they, he ends up separating from his family or separating from Lot. Lot chooses a great land that's, you know, watered and it looks beautiful. Abraham chooses, you know, uh, this deserted desert and ends up going after that. God promises him the land. And, but Abraham has God. Lot has basically the world. And that world almost destroyed Lot. But if Abraham hadn't have separated from from Lot, he couldn't have basically saved Lot. And you know, you see that time and time again. You see, you see Moses being separated from Egypt, and then the then he goes back to Egypt to actually save his family and brings them out into the wilderness where God is. Uh, you see Jesus basically separating himself from his family. And, you know, and has this huge following, even his family, while he was speaking to all the folks in the temple, his family were wanting to get him outside because they thought, you know, he was losing his mind. And they send a messenger in there and saying, hey, your family's waiting. I want you to come outside. And he says, you know, who is my mother? Who's my brother? You know, and he looks around and he basically says, this is my family. In other words, wherever God has you, that is your family. And, uh. But if God, if Jesus uh, hadn't have separated from all of that, he couldn't have come back and actually save everyone. Think about that. If Jesus hadn't have separated himself, we wouldn't be here today watching this today. Uh, we wouldn't be saved. And a lot of times the Lord does that in our life. You don't understand all of what he's doing. Sometimes when he's separating you or taking you to a new place and you don't know where you're going... Uh, he's separating you so that you can be a forerunner for your family or you can be a forerunner for the people that you were with that will bring them into the kingdom even further with the Lord. So you never know. Most of the time when you're moving forward with God, you're pulling others into that next phase with you. Uh, same way right now. You know, God, Jesus, he is still forerunning. He's still going from glory to glory. And the more he goes from glory to glory, the more it's pulling us into that next phase of glory with the Lord. And uh, I used to think it was all me, you know, going from glory to glory. But if the Lord wasn't going from glory to glory, then it, I wouldn't have that pull to go to that next phase of glory with the Lord. And uh, you'll be surprised even when the Lord tells you to move. There's someone else that's moving before before you that you're truly connected with in the spirit and they're moving forward and their movement is actually pulling you to your movement. It's because we're all in this thing together. And uh, if you don't choose to go to that next phase, then you'll just die and, you know, staying stagnant. But uh, who wants to die staying stagnant, you know? Somewhere, sometimes the Lord will even have mercy on us when we're, bullheaded and not moving the lord has sent somebody in our life to remind us hey it's time to go i mean the lord's always merciful and shows us mercy and he'll come along and say hey you need to get up and let's go and uh some people choose not to go and uh but that doesn't mean he doesn't love them uh, he, he'll love them right where they are but uh they'll just stay in that place for the rest of their life because they chose it but uh, I wanted to read this scripture out of Hebrews 11, verse 8, and then uh, we'll finish. 
It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. <laughs> now, I want you to really picture that. What did that look like? Nothing but sand. Nothing but wilderness. It didn't look good. But he went anyway. He obeyed. In other words, I'll choose the wilderness because that's where you're going. In other words, we can't look at what it's going to look like. We can't reason. If it's going to look, if it looks empty, man, that's probably because you're about to get a visitation from God and God will be your land. But if you're looking at stuff that's supposed to be pretty and make you feel good, you'll probably have about 10% of God in it and the rest is what you wanted. But he had nothing basically except the Lord. And it says, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Uh, can you imagine that? No, he had no five steps to glory books. He had no one to, t he had no uh, uh, podcasts to get a good message, try to get him going. Can you imagine doing this for the first time ever? Hearing a voice and then going out not knowing where you're going. Imagine the overcoming, all the stuff that he had to overcome in his mind. And by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So in other words, his mind wasn't on the land. His mind was on the Lord. And of course, he never attains to it, but he had hope. Can you imagine that? Would you follow the Lord if you knew you'd never attain to it? Think about that. We, in this Western world, we're always thinking that something's got to manifest and we're going to attain to it. But what if God is your inheritance? What if an invisible God is our inheritance? What if you never reach your destiny? Are you still going to be happy? Are you still going to be happy with God? Or are you going to be miserable and upset at God because you didn't enter into your destiny? See, really what God is trying to do is get us to a place to where we're so happy to have God as our inheritance, not what we do on this earth. And I love things manifesting and destinies manifesting. But man, I'd much rather have the Lord as my destination. That's what Enoch had. Enoch had God. And he lived in the worst times. And it says, Enoch walked with God and was not. He entered into his inheritance, which was God. He didn't want anything else. So if you don't want anything else, then you have God. But if you're always having something make you want something else other than the Lord, then you inherit that instead of the Lord. But who wants that? The Lord is my shepherd, Psalms 23. I shall not want. See, that's what he's trying to deliver us of in these days. All those wants. And if the wants disappear, then you have God as, in your, as your inheritance. Then he becomes your true shepherd. And that's what Abraham had. And I encourage you, you know, to, to read all of these things of the halls of faith 
in Hebrews 11. Because it takes faith to enter into these things with God. And he wants us stepping out into those places that we've been, actually been afraid of. You know, we've been, a lot of us have a lot of fear of stepping out into places that we really don't have frame of reference to. But man, that is the key. He wants you in a place to where you have no frame of reference so that he can be your reference. But uh, in this world, we like that earthly wisdom. And it's demonic. It's earthly and it's sensual. It massages our adrenaline. If it feels good, it's the Lord, man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, but I'm going to tell you, walking with the Lord, the longer I'm walking with him, it seems like the places that are the Lord is the places where I'm nervous and I don't feel a thing. And my brain wants to say, there's just no grace here, you know, but I'm finding out where I feel like there's no grace. There's hidden grace. It's God. Uh, my grace has to end in order to enter his. If you hung out with Jesus, uh, there weren't three songs, you know, fear, feel good, and then we can speak a word of God, you know. It wasn't like that. If you hung out with Jesus, he was always having someone trying to kill him and stone him. And in all of that chaos, that's when miracles would truly manifest. And man, can you imagine what that looked like? The goodness of God showing up in a place of death. And he loved them anyway while they were trying to stone him. Man, wouldn't you like to see that happen again? I believe we're going to happen. Well, I believe we're going to see it again. I believe church is going to dissolve as we know it. And we're really going to start having the Lord. And church is going to be completely different. It's going to look like the life of Jesus. We need that. We need the Lord more than we do church. And we've, we've taken church first instead of the Lord. But man, if we start having the Lord and the Lord be our true kingdom, he'd be our true life in, in our lives, then church will automatically, organically grow. People will want to follow the Lord instead of have to follow the Lord. And man, we'll be like those people like Abraham. We'll step out not even knowing where we're going. But we'll have, we'll have God in our life. So, listen, if you're in a Sodom and Gomorrah and you're in a great place, because Sodom and Gomorrah, hey, it was like the place to be. It was, you know, awesome, you know. And, of course, we read the bad stuff, but if you were there, you know, it would be like some of this United States that we're in. You know, it, it was, you know, if you're a Christian living in the United States right now, you can see a lot of things that are... Just, you know, God abhors, but man, in, in the, with the atmosphere, you know, the United States is great and, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love the United States, but we've got to get back to Jesus and, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was, you know, a cool place. You know, you could sin and you, it was okay. You know, God forgives you. Not that we, that same mentality was there. Everybody was doing everything that they wanted to, you know, and, uh, the Lord saves one family out of that. And I think he's trying to save us out of our Sodom and Gomorrah. This is our Sodom and Gomorrah now. And uh, he's trying to deliver us of it. 
we can't go against this you know the consciousness of the spirit of truth and once he delivers you out of this you got to keep your mind and your head to the heels and not allow this to turn back to that past thinking because if you do you'll be like lot's wife you'll be the frozen chosen and uh we don't want to do that we got to move forward he's our life he's our way he truly is he's our truth so go after jesus you know if the lord tells you to go go if the lord tells you to put something down put it down it's not worth it i don't care how big of a ministry you got i don't care how big of a business as you got it's not worth it it's not going to last it'll be temporary you can't take it to heaven You'll be stuck here in this earthly realm because that was your God. Who wants a business to be a God? You know, who wants a ministry to be a God? You know, we don't want that. We want God to be God in our life. So go after him. And that's the God story for today. And if you can feel this room, we're all manifesting ourselves. <laughs> so uh, you're not alone out there. All of our stomachs are churning in this room, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. We love you. Have a great day. Throw up after we get off. Okay. <laughs> See ya.